Hi, this is Joanne Victoria. If you want to be ahead of the curve on your search for humanity, stay tuned because you will be in for a great surprise. Welcome to the Sanity Project Podcast, where you can awaken your mind to clarity and success even in today's life challenges. We're here to provide insights and solutions that will help you live a sane, healthy, and prosperous life. Here's your host, Joanne Victoria. Our guest today is Dennis J. Patoko. Dennis J. Patoko is the founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of our award-winning Life, Culture, and Business New Media Digest. With an emphasis on action, our amazing writers empower people to transcend from knowing what to do to actually doing it. We are fueled by extraordinary thought leadership, authored by some of the best and brightest minds from around the world. And just so people know who are listening, I am a sometime contributor to this theme. I'm Joanne Victoria, your host for the Sanity Project podcast, and I know you are here to discover a life of clarity, confidence, and success. Welcome to the show, Dennis Patoko. Thanks, Joanne. I like your uh, clarity, confidence, and success. That just folds so nicely into what we're all about. Well, that's good. I'm glad to be aligned with all of that because I am anyway, but it's nice to know that. So tell our listeners how you got to be not only a contributing author to Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change, but the founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of all that you do, all everything that you do. Well, thanks for the good question, and let me just start by saying I am the accidental publisher. I've got uh, my story takes me thirty some years in banking, traveling the world, doing a lot of interesting things in mergers and acquisitions, meeting my wife in England, moving to Tampa, which is where I'm speaking from today. Uh, so let me just say, after about thirty five years of doing what I had to do to make a living. I was blessed enough, or we were blessed enough, when we settled here in Tampa uh, to do what we wanted to do versus what we had to do uh, economically and otherwise. Could have retired, was much too young to retire. This goes back about 15 years ago. So we sat back, and really, uh, it's, it's the best analogy I can give you, Joanne. It's like when a dog is chasing a car, and they finally catch the car, and then they say, now what? What do I do with it? Well, we caught the car. Uh, we sat down to think about what we enjoyed. It was travel. Uh, we enjoyed giving back. Everybody talks about giving back. And given our lifestyle and business, we didn't have the time to truly give back other than writing checks. So we decided we were going to take our time, our talent, and our treasure and invest it the best way we knew how. Uh, and while at the same time kind of staying connected to the business and social world, that ended up being three pieces of our lives. The first piece was the website that you so kindly just introduced. It's been around now for almost nine years. It's won awards. We've got about 600 writers on six continents. And so that went from an interesting thought into what I call I'm an accidental publisher. And and just to give you a little background on that, people say, well, what does that mean? What means um, we decided we were going to build something that was different. We weren't going to follow the lead of all the other websites and all the other publishers. Uh, We were going to break the rules. We like to call it constructively disruptive by design. 
which means we would do all the admin, all the backroom for all of our writers. Our writers would come first. We wouldn't do any advertising. We would republish stories that had been written before, um, et cetera. So we went down this path of being the contrarians. Again, it's eight years later. It's worked. It's going very well. So that piece of our three pieces got went into place surprisingly well. Um, we also decided back then that was going to keep our mind active and give us something to do while we're traveling, because as you know, you can do writing and publishing from anywhere. Um, and we decided we wanted to get deeper into the nonprofit world, and uh, that's gone through several iterations. Initially, it was us joining local nonprofits in Tampa Bay, me joining boards, getting involved, helping them build, helping them reorganize. Uh, today, that's changed dramatically. We took what we learned through building BizCatalyst 360 and launched a separate enterprise about two years ago. It's called GoodWorks 360. Um, and GoodWorks 360 is essentially a nonprofit enterprise that reaches out to nonprofits anywhere in the world on a pro bono basis and helps them be better at what they do. Uh, so we've got a GoodWorks 360, which is our nonprofit uh, commitment. We've got about 50 people that have volunteered around the world to help us. It's all done virtually. Uh, we've got BizCatalyst 360, which is the business engine, which overlaps GoodWorks because for, with GoodWorks, we showcase good nonprofits using the global platform of BizCatalyst. Um, so we had those two things falling into place quite well. And uh, then we started down the path of what we were talking about today, and that's what can we do to uh, rediscover humanity, what, what appeared to be lost based on our business and personal experience over the years. So uh, we built an umbrella called 360 Nation. And 360 Nation is not a movement. It's not a march. It's not a protest. It's, a, it's an ethos, and uh, to, not to get too deep into it, but it's our way of saying if we can take the power of what we've built and use that for good, for good being in quotes, wouldn't it be amazing? Now, that journey that we're talking about, again, has been going on for almost nine years. With what's going on in the world over the last year, the pandemic and other things across the USA, it seems like we're finally intersecting with an opportunity, what do I mean by that? There seems to be an awakening where, you know, you're knocking on a door and knocking on a door and nobody's answering when it comes to getting it open to help, to help people rediscover humanity. Suddenly the door swung open and, uh, you know, the, the world stopped. People hesitated. They've got time on their hands. They're sheltering at home. Um, they can't go where they normally go. So a lot of those people started coming, looking for a safe place to go, to talk, uh, and not to go on too, too much about this, but we, we describe a lot of what we do in terms of conversation, discussion, publishing, connection, using the analogy of the uh, TV show that was on for years here in the USA up in Boston called Cheers. Um, the analogy is you could walk into Cheers, sit at the bar, talk to Woody, talk to Cliff, talk to George, and there was no agenda. It was a safe place to go. You can have your own opinion. Um, you weren't being judged. 
you were trying to recreate the spirit of Cheers in that context. We use that analogy so people understand what is it. Well, it's a place you can come and, and connect. We do that a lot of different ways. We do that through social media. We have our own weekly, uh, what we call friendship bench, where people literally from around the world are gathering with us for about an hour and a half every Thursday and uh, recreating this atmosphere once again. It's called the friendship bench where people just come and we talk and we talk about what's on their mind and everybody gets the opportunity to be seen, valued, and heard in whatever way that is. So um, that opportunity to chat, that opportunity to connect, that opportunity to open the door to humanity further has just gone wild over the last four or five months. And um, so today our concern isn't so much getting people's attention and getting them to listen and take an interest in what do we mean by rediscovering humanity. It's keeping our foot in the door, Joanne, so it doesn't slam when things get, well, I shouldn't say when things get back to normal. When we get on the other side of what's going on in the world right now, will people go back to the same, doing the same thing the same way? Have they really been changed? Are they really interested in giving back and, I don't know, embracing some of the values that we've, we've talked about on our website and in our discussion. So that is a very broad view of what brought me here. Um, but the awakening of everything we're doing didn't really happen until earlier this year. And we have been busier than we have been in almost nine years since um, everything stopped for a while and everybody took a breath. Well, I'm glad everybody took a breath, and I'm certainly glad that you are there doing what you are doing. And for the audience's sake, because words mean different things to different people, and even if you go to Webster's Dictionary, what I'd like for you to do is to define define the word humanity. When you're out talking about it, when you're writing about it, and we can talk about that in a moment, what do you mean when you say the word humanity? There are... A great question. In fact, we, we've thought about that just in the last month or two because for the same reason you're asking, Joanne, we can say the word, but people based on their culture, where they came from, what they've learned, their environment, maybe it means something differently. So we actually started down the path now of defining that. Now, I don't want to bore you with two dozen words, but I've got over two dozen words now because it, it takes people in different directions. I'll just give you a handful acceptance, humility, gratitude, generosity, forgiveness, compassion, self-respect, faith, spirituality, um, reputation, humor, integrity, honesty, openness, authenticity. Now, there's many, many more words like that, but if you're looking in Webster's for the definition of humanity, you wouldn't find what I just said. So we've taken... Uh, well, the best way we could find uh, to dissect that word humanity and put it into one word, and then we've crafted that into larger discussions in, in an article. And, you know, it's one thing to say, what is humanity? We can define it for you, but then, okay, now that I know what it is, what do I do with it? How do I become closer to rediscovering humanity? which leads into an article we wrote recently, and it's called In Search of Humanity, Joanne. And basically we said, all right, now that we've defined it for you and we've got your attention, 
And if you want to step up and do something, well, people are saying, well, what do I do? Well, we said do more. Well, what do you mean by doing more? So we now crafted what we call kind of an, a roadmap, and it's an evolving roadmap. And I'll just give you some examples. You know, what do you mean by do more? Well, how about some more authenticity? You know, let's cultivate the courage to be imperfect, to be vulnerable, to be who we really are and to accept people. Um, more acceptance. Well, that played right into the diversity discussion going on around us today. And there's a whole list there. Uh, things and what's interesting about this list, Joanna, it started out as maybe seven or eight things, and we've gone back and we keep expanding this same article because we. I was in a discussion last week with some people, and they were very, very interested in this. It was on one of our online calls on the friendship bench, and they said, "Well, here's one of the challenges, Dennis. You know, everybody on this call." I shouldn't say they look the same, but they sound the same. They're kind of already in that sphere of uh, wanting to grab humanity. So what we need are more voices, you know, different voices, contrarians, people that are coming in interested, but maybe they're not quite like as like-minded as we are, which I thought was just brilliant. We went back and added the word more voices to the article, and we define what we mean by that. So we've said to our people now that are participating in these various forums, when you come and join us and sit on the friendship bench, bring a friend along. Um, and let's see where that goes. And then we added something else. They said, well, how about what do we do? Well, we added more action. So now we're going down a path of saying, all right, every week take one of our moors on this list and do something with it. You know, so it's, it's an... It's a roadmap, but we're writing it almost week by week now based on feedback from the people who are helping us with the journey. Well, what I'm, I'm looking at is the, you, need the expand, you need more people is what you need. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You need more people that are, are willing to open their minds. And, and I'm going to use a word that's used a lot, but few people um, really embrace it, and that's, more people that are willing to listen, listen intentionally, listen with an idea of understanding, probing more, um, and without rewinding, waiting to add to the conversation, just listen. In fact, we were so, so uh, committed to that notion. We have this, again, this weekly friendship bench. Last week, the entire time was spent on just learning how to listen. Where do you learn that? And until you're willing to open your mind and, and, you know, biases aside and everything else aside and just learn how to listen, you're not going to make a lot of progress with this because there's a lot of challenging discussions going on today. And uh, the listening skill is one that we're not taught in school. I know I was never taught. So you're learning it as you go. Well, I think that's listening is one of the biggest things. I know I talk about it a lot when I write that people do not have the courtesy or the patience to listen. They just keep on their merry way and they're really talking to themselves when they speak. It's not so much that they're talking about anything important. They're just wanting to hear the sound of their own voice. And, you know, these are usually people who are amateurs in the real world and they're not... um, they're not professionals. They're well, not, so you know, I mean, I hate to put it in that form, but it's the only thing that people will understand. 
Talk to me, Dennis, about how people listen or don't listen. Oh, boy. Well, let me start with a quote that we used last week when we were introducing this concept to our friendship bench. Um, And the quote's pretty powerful. It says, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak, but courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And um, we threw this out to the crowd sitting there and um, said, you know, talk to us again. Where, where, sorry, where did you learn how to listen? Where did you develop your listening skill? The room was dead silent because most people, it's just how you grow up. It could be in your household. Did you have a voice? Were you seen? Were you heard? Or did you and, go to Catholic school? Oh, exactly right, where you just sat there. So uh, the point is, um, there was no skill, no formal skill in the room. The reason we were able to do this call so well, or this discussion, is there's a gentleman that writes for us. His name is Colin Smith, and he is known as The Listener. He's written a book. He's written articles. I spoke with Colin about a year ago. He happens to be based in England. I was over there. And I said, Colin, you know, we read every article we publish. And I've written, I've read about a dozen of your articles on listening, and you have changed my life. And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, I have actually learned something I never knew, and that is truly how to listen. And, Joan, you mentioned this earlier, how hard it is sometimes when somebody's speaking for the other person to actually truly give you eye contact, not look at a device keep your attention focused, hang on their words, and not be uh, kind of gearing up for what you want to say. Now, that's the typical listening exercise people go through. I'll give you just one quick snippet of what happened to me that changed my life. I was sitting in my home here in Tampa. I had a sister visiting, God bless her, and we were sitting there early in the morning in a room of a house that we call the chat room. It's four easy chairs. They're all facing each other. And whenever we have visitors, we all kind of go into there and sit down and chat. That's what we call it the chat room. Well, I was chatting with my dear old sister, Mary, and Mary was sitting there, and she asked me a question that I thought was a really great question. Joanne, I started to answer the question. I got about 12 words in. The moment it got out of her mouth, she looked to the right to her phone. Then she looked down to her laptop, and she was literally (laughs) completely distracted by that, not looking at me. And I stopped talking. Now, we talked about that afterwards, her and I, but I brought that story to Colin, the listener, and he said, you know, that's probably the best thing that can happen to somebody that wants to learn how to listen because do you know how terrible it feels when you just know um, that other party isn't really paying attention? Uh, And I said, well, it was life-changing because from that point forward, not only did I embrace the, the idea of how to listen better, but we've done things in our chat room. You walk into our chat room now, there is literally a little jail, and that's for your cell phone. All the cell phones go into the jail, and there's no devices, and we sit there and we actually connect with each other. It doesn't mean we're all great listeners just yet, but... Um, I understand. I, I know that um, my daughter and I share a house, so there are times when she comes upon me and she wants to talk to me, and then even I, the perfect individual, the most perfect individual in the world around listening, she'll say, you're not paying attention to me. I'm talking to you. And I have taught my children to listen respectfully. And that. Uh, so when I'm with any of them, and if I see... St- 
you know, try to wander my eyes, they know immediately what's going down (laughs) and they will call me on it, which is good. You know, and my grandson is the same thing. I communicate today mostly with him by uh, FaceTime because he's in California and even over the phone, you can tell when someone's not paying attention to you. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I like to talk, so therefore I must listen. Because I, you know, which is one of the reasons I created this podcast a little over two years ago, is so that I can hear people such as yourself help others, you know, awaken their mind, create more sanity in their life. You know, you call it humanity, I call it sanity. That's another thing to add to your list. That's a great, uh, you know, a connection there. Yeah, it's it's because sanity to me is what it's all about. Because I think most people are insane. And I think that they're... (laughs) (laughs) That's a great starting point. I love that. Well, I think that they're insane in their own unique way. One unique way that they are insane is they do not listen. They don't have it. And I think it comes from respect first. I mean, forget the computer, forget the devices, forget all that. That's that's a current phase, 20-year-old phase, if it's that long, 20 years, 25 years for most people. But most of the people you're talking about have been on this planet for a lot longer than that. People are just, they're just not, they just have no respect. And for others. And I think that in, you know, in the old, old days, maybe in the 1700s or the 1800s, where all they had to worry about was survival or how am I going to build my railroad and where am I going to get the money for that? That all sounds familiar. You know, nobody listened to it. Nobody listened to anybody. They all went their own separate ways. They were not sitting on a French bench. They were sitting on several isolated benches. And I think that what you do in bringing people together in your cause, I'll call it a cause because I think it's a cause, um, is is just phenomenal. And I don't want to forget to let people know that they can go to bizcatalyst360.com. That's B I Z. C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T is in Tom, 360.com to see anything and everything that is written by the numerous writers you have in your crew, including the article that you mentioned at the very beginning. Would you repeat the name of that article? Sure. It's called In Search of Humanity, Time to Do More with a Question Mark. Well, I think there's always time to do more, but until people can do more, they need to know the basics. And yeah. I think I think your article speaks to the basics, and they can always be expanded upon. But people need to know – they have to start from the beginning. You know, when people are unfamiliar with how to act in this world, they need to go back to the beginning of – if they have to go back to – you know, first grade, what did they learn there? First grade being maybe your article goes from first through eighth grades or maybe even 10th grade and then expand on that. But I don't think people were trained at school or at home to listen or to even discuss what humanity is all about, about the humanness of other people. I mean, it's an important topic and it needs attention. Well, there's two quotes in the article that I can wrap up with. And one is, uh, by Charles Chaplin, of all places, things he said, we think too much and we feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. Now, that's Charlie Chaplin. 
And then at the end of the article, something that the Dalai Lama said not long ago, it's not enough to be compassionate, you must act, which goes back to let's do more. Well, and also knowing the Dalai Lama and his teachings, when he says let's do more, he's also talking about the inner silence and prayer. Oh, yes, yes. and the practice of Buddhism, people, that's another thing that people need to be more involved in, in my opinion. Well, I want to thank Dennis Patoko, the founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Of everything. Uh, let's say Good Works 360, at least. Is it Good Works or Good Works? It's Good Works 360, good along works. with Biz Catalyst 360, yes. Okay, people. And that's B-I-Z, not B-U-S, just in case you're wondering. And I also want to remind people, go check out my website. For some of you, it's going to be new, 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 and you're going to see some wonderful new things there since I talk about your true calling and how to find it. If you need help, you can ask me. So this is Joanne and Dennis saying goodbye for today. And everybody, just sit down and be silent for a while and see what it feels like to listen to your own inner thoughts before you listen to others. Take care, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sanity Project Podcast. Please go to AskJoanneVictoria.com to listen to more podcasts. Check out Joanne's coaching programs and get a free copy of her report, Five Steps to Achieve Life-Work Harmony. That's AskJoanneVictoria.com. Take care and thanks for being here.